Hello, everyone. Welcome to the third episode of our Exert podcast. Today, I'm joined uh, once again by Armando. Hey, everyone. And Dr. Stephen Chung. Hey, everyone. And today, we're going to be talking about athlete types and uh, what they are and how we can use them. So, um, why don't you get this started off, Armando? Um, how did you really come up with these athlete types and, and what are they useful for? Well, I think everyone is, is familiar with your athlete type is when you uh, first set up your, your account, the software will ask you, you know, what athlete type are you, right? And um, the point of creating these athlete types was originally to give people an idea of what type of training or what type of, of spe specialization do they want to have with their their training right and so it was a way for you to get an association between particular types of athletes and the type of athlete you want to become so when you if you notice when you're when you're selecting your athlete type it'll say you know puncher such as you know peter sagan or you know gc specialists such as you know chris Froome or what have you but we recognize that you know, there's not one type of racing or one type of athlete when it comes to road cycling. Everyone's a little bit different, right? And so you could be a very strong uh, sprinter and not necessarily have the best threshold power or vice versa. Your threshold power could be great and maybe you'd be weak on the sprinting side of things. So so all of these dynamics sort of are important. Um, it's just a way to kind of quantify the type of rider that you are then. Right, exactly, and or the kind of writer that you may want to be, or you may you may want to specialize in, because what the software will do is will take that athlete type and say, oh, okay, so you want to be you want to train to be a puncher, for example, and it says, okay, that that kind of athlete type requires a certain type of training, right, uh, and you need to uh, you need to be um, focused on that training in order to be optimized for that type of athlete. Yeah, so it's really more about the duration of effort. That's the whole one of the challenges in trying to represent it. It's not trying to necessarily reshape your profile of where you distribute power. It's really more where are you on that on that curve are you really trying to target when you select athlete type. So when you say five minute power, it's not necessarily maximizing your overall five-minute power relative to, you know, everyone else. It is rel relatively your own five-minute power duration of where you are really targeting and really trying to maximize. So if you're choosing a breakaway rider, which breakaway specialist, which I tend to be for, for cross-season. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And one of the, one of the, I mean, you know, another way to kind of think about it, and I've, I've sort of thought about this in the past as a way to explain it. It's easier to explain athlete types and the concept of power duration when it comes to running. Because if you think about runners, it becomes really, really obvious, right? So if you think, okay, I'm going to run the 100 meter dash, right? Right. You're Usain Bolt and you're going to run the 100 meter. Well, you're going to run for 10 seconds or under 10 seconds, right? And it's just, you know, all out, all the power. And, you know, you're, you're, it's, it's all about as much power as you can generate over 10 seconds ultimately. And so people like Usain Bolt just are at tremendous capacity just to generate tons of power and hold it over 10 seconds. But if you, if you ask Usain Bolt to run a marathon, 
obviously you wouldn't expect him to be able to. Right? Mm -hmm. So he just can't hold that power if for indefinitely. He can only hold mm -hmm. it for about 10 seconds. Right? You look at, you know, uh, Kipchoge. Kipchoge, right? For who's a, who's a marathon, right? Or, or mm -hmm. 10,000, or, you know, 10,000 meter run, right? So he can't run a, he can't run a sprint. Right? He'd still now, be quicker than me. He'd be quicker than me, I'm sure, most of us. Yeah, yeah, still quicker than all of us. Yeah, but. exactly. But, you know, obviously at, at the, at the, uh, the uh, highest levels, he won't be able to compete at, uh, at the short durations. And you get guys like Brudisha, right, at the, at the 800 meter level, right? So mm -hmm. that's, uh, what, minute, minute 40, was it, for the 800 meter? Something like that. Something uh, right. But the point is with running, there, it's easy. yes, there is pacing. And there is race strategy, but it's more more like a pursuit race on the track in the sense that you are trying to distribute that effort as exactly. evenly as possible. But you can but you can you can understand though that certain athlete types are designed for certain types of races. And it, mm -hmm. it's really obvious when it comes to running. You know that the same bolts designed for 10 seconds, right? Radisha is designed for, you know, a minute 40. And then you get, you know, milers that are designed for three and a half minute power, right, these days, right? And then you get people are designed for two hour power. So it's really easy to conceptualize those power duration kind of relationships, right, when you look at running, because it's all pretty clear. So running, swimming, speed skating, exactly. like all of these kind of time sports where there are, right. are set kind of distances or set durations that you are really targeting towards one of, one of the challenges with cycling though is it's not very much a steady effort it's very yeah, stochastic it. and that's where a lot of the challenges in in trying to determine what your power duration curve should be right or how to train it and then what it means and how to interpret the meaning in in a race right so this is what we've tried to accomplish with these athlete types and trying to associate these athlete types with a various position on your power duration curve because if you think of a sprinter if someone's going to be a strong sprinter as they would be in uh in in uh, uh running their their strength is going to be on raw power right their ability to hold power for a very short duration is going to be their distinguishing characteristic right and it's the same thing when you know you're going to be more of a GC specialist or sprint time trialist, right? Where your focus is going to be a longer duration efforts. And so the, the, the system that matches your fitness signature tries to adjust or tries to interpret what that means to your own training and your fitness signature and your, your power characteristics by associating that position on the power duration curve which ultimately means the type of athlete you are and how you're going to then focus your training and, and measure and analyze the data that, that you're generating yeah so for example as a um, again i said my typical athlete type as a cyclocross rider is generally in the breakaway specialist uh, so it's five minute but it doesn't mean in a cross race, I'm going all out for five minutes and resting mm -hmm. kind of idea. It's those efforts that I am going at when I'm on is even if it's only for about 15, 20 seconds is really at my typical five minute maximum power. 
Mm-hmm. And then and then that's kind of where this software is trying to, to give you that level of interpretation, right? It's trying to say, looking at all your data, all the hard efforts you've done, all the easy efforts you've done, what would that equivalently look at or resemble when it comes to your athlete type? Mm-hmm. So that's essentially what the athlete types are for, is a way for you to focus your training, potentially focusing on a weakness, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so Something yeah. that we haven't really talked about yet is that, remember, your fitness signature is comprised of three elements. And uh, what I like about the athlete type and, and focus duration is it's a way for us to quantify all of those three variables together into a single number. And so uh, what the what the athlete type is really going to tell us is what ratio of peak power, uh, threshold power in HIE do I need to train at to perform better at my athlete type? Yeah, that, that's get, that gets into some of the some of the detail, right, of how these things are calculated, right? So um, what the software has done is it says, oh, okay, if you're going to focus in on one minute power or two minute power, well how do do your three fitness signature how do they influence your ability to produce that that one minute power range so let's say your one minute power is uh 600 watts okay so okay at 600 watts you know it's based a little bit on threshold obviously threshold is going to be important Mm -hmm. but you can't achieve 600 watts with just your threshold right you need you need high intensity energy because it's above threshold. Well, how much mm-hmm. my intensity energy? If my peak power is 2,000 watts, right, do I really need a lot of high-intensity energy to achieve a, a decent one-minute power? So you think about all those kind of these dynamics. They're, they're all, they all play a role. And so if you're trying to optimize your one- or two-minute power, you can think about, yeah, I need a higher threshold, but that's not going to do it for me. I need higher, higher, high intensity energy, high, higher peak power. All those are going to play a role in maximizing that, um, your ability to produce that power. And the benefit is that the software is going to do all this for you. So you don't actually have to sit there and think, okay, how do I need to train this? The, the system is just going to do that automatically for you. Right. And work it out for you. Because every individual, everyone's different, right? So some people come to the software and have, really high peak power numbers really great hie and other people you know are the opposite right maybe a great you know threshold power right but maybe a weakness in their hie and their peak power and the software will help you identify those and say oh we can even help you train those because these types of workouts are really focused on your peak power your high intensity energy and they're going to raise those values for you and help you compete and become a better whatever pursuiter or any kind of the lower duration athlete types yeah and i think um it's an important point to get across many we get a lot of comments of oh my hie is really low how do i what workouts do i do to get my hie higher and really focusing on that one single number and the real advantage of exert is that we really look at you holistically and it's all dependent on your own individual starting fitness signature and those those um workouts that we design or that are closer to one focus or another that we'll talk about another time it's really targeted towards your own individual signature so it's not really a matter of this one particular workout it's going to be the magic bullet that that 
moves your HIE up by, you know, five kilojoules and doesn't do anything for your peak power or threshold power. It doesn't work like that, right? It's not just one thing. So just keep in mind that as you're thinking about workouts or you're looking at your fitness signature, it's not just, I want to maximize this one value. Each individual workout is really going to move the needle on all of them. They're going to move them at different rates, but, mm. you know, and yes, you can target more, let's say an HIE on one particular workout, but, you know, in general, really get away from thinking of, I just want to you know, move this one number. You're moving all of the numbers at the same time. That was one of the challenges I had when, when we were first designing the software, I thought, well, we have peak power is pretty easy to understand, right? Peak power is how much power can you produce in one second? And you get... Threshold power, I think, you know, most people that are coming into this will be, you know, familiar with the idea of, you know, that's kind of long-term sustainable power, whether it's one hour power or around that or about. But HIE was always just one that was kind of a little too abstract because it wasn't a power number. It was a, it was a capacity number. And so originally, you know, struggled with the idea of what, how, what do we do? Do we still use HIE? And I thought, you know, one way to replace it could have been, you know, we're going to map out your two-minute power, right? So you're going to get your peak power, your two-minute power, and then your threshold power. And that would have been easier to understand. Your two-minute power, right, you'd have a number for that, and it would be somewhere in between, right? Um, but the one, it, and, it, and it, you, you could essentially replace your two-minute power with HIE. In other words, we could send Oh, from your two-minute power, we can then work out what your HIE is and then work out all your other power duration values, right? All your other athlete types. We could have done something like that. But it would have then it just would have begged a whole bunch of other, you know, questions about, you know, my two-minute power and I don't want to focus in on my two-minute power. I want to focus on something different. So we didn't go that route. You know, it, I thought it would have been created a little bit more confusion in the end having just you know three numbers that were power numbers because you're not always going to focus on just two minute power sometimes it's five minute power sometimes it's one sometimes less or more so we've got to be able to somehow um provide that kind of flexibility and in interpretation of your signature mm -hmm. so one of the questions that i think uh, we get a lot on on the user page and in the forum is um a lot of the athlete types differ. They're either given in absolute units of watts mm -hmm. or some, some athlete types are given in uh, relative units of watts per kilo. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have any uh, ideas on, on kind of why, we, why some are defined by an absolute wattage and why others are relative? Well, you know, the funny thing is if both, both methods aren't really optimal, <laughs> to be honest with you. You know, I think we use watts per kilo, but we know that in certain situations, you know, it's better to have lots of watts, right? Because you're not climbing. So if you're on a flat terrain, we know, you know, higher watts are more important than watts per kilo, right? Whereas if you're climbing, the steeper the climb, right, the more important uh, your, 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 your weight. Watts per kilo, yeah, yeah, comes in. But it's not even just watts per kilo. Again, so, so there's kind of variations in between. And I've been thinking about how you could potentially create some kind of levels of variance right in between to say what is really how much does weight the how much does it influence a particular style of racing so so that's why we have we have some that are watts because we felt like those are really more meaningful so if you're you know if you're a time trialist 
you know, watts are really important because typically flat races. Um, so we left some as watts. Uh, raw watts were more important. Um, and then certain certain different types of athletes, like if you're a puncher, right, which is, you know, more related to a punching is short, sharp hills, right? Obviously, your weight's going to be a play a key role in your success as as a puncher. Same thing if you're a climber, obviously, right? If you're going to go long climbs, you're it's all about you know watts per kilo, right? So if you can you can maximize your watts per kilo, you're going to be more, more successful. So so we intermix them. Um, we were going to sort of make them all kind of either watts or watts per kilo, but that wasn't really it wasn't going to uh, make all that much sense. Uh, and then, and then creating them all as watts, uh, watts per kilo again, it would have masked some of the differences. So we thought this would be a nice way to kind of expose the fact that you may be great because you're light, and you may be great because you got lots of power, and you can kind of see those differences on the charts. Yeah, you really have to take into account what kind when you're choosing athlete types and focusing on things like threshold power or anything you also have to really keep in mind what kind of races or rides you tend to go in again if you are primarily doing flat time trials then it is all about power much more dominant because aerodynamically the real real um kind of limit isn't your weight it is your absolute power and it's also your aerodynamic profile and and as you become bigger, you actually, you're not penalized as much on a flat ride because your aerodynamic profile doesn't grow exponentially. Whereas if you are climbing, then that bigger mass, you may be able to generate a lot of power, but your bigger mass is going to be a big limit. So that's why you know, if you are really focusing on flat time trials your athlete type might be different and where your emphasis might be in training might be different from if you are focusing on time trials where there are lots of ups and downs up and downs where the average speed might actually be the same your average power over the course might be the same but but your athlete type might be different just because you are constantly going well above threshold power you're really going into the high in HIE, the high intensity energy, and then recovering. So there's there's nuances. It's not just, well, my typical ride is, you know, one hour and therefore I'm going to pick this athlete type. You also need to think about what kind of races are you really focusing on also. Mm -hmm. That brings up the you know, question, Scott, on um, you know, choosing your athlete type. Yeah. So uh, there's a couple of different ways that you can go about choosing an athlete type. And um, I think uh, I've got my excerpt page pulled up here. Um, and something that we offer to all of our users uh, from the main page, if you switch over to the rankings tab on your account, you'll actually see a spider chart. Um, and now this can be changed uh, depending on what data you want to use. So I have my year to date. And then you can also filter by your age group and, and, your, uh, and your gender as well. Uh, but what the spider chart will show you is relative to all the other users on Exert, where do you lie? Um, what percentile are you for each of the athlete types? And um, by looking at the spider chart, it helps you gain appreciation for some of the things that you excel at and some of the things that you might want to improve at. And so um, something that this is useful for is seeing kind of relative to other people that are my 
my age, what, what can I do better? Where's my weakness? And, and so that's one way that a lot of users will pick their mm-hmm. athlete type is, uh, oh, I see that I'm not very good at my, uh, my five-minute power, so I'm going to improve that and, mm-hmm. and choose that athlete type. Um, but you, you've, you've also gone back and, you know, you looked at some previous races, for example, right? That's yeah. pretty typical as you go back in your history and say, okay, let me pull out a race or pull out this ride that I want to be better at, right? And yeah. so you can go into that and... Yeah, so um, uh, the other way, uh, as Armando mentioned, is uh, I, I'll take a look at some of the previous races that I've done before. And um, if you pull up the activity details in the upper right corner, you'll see uh, a focus duration. And uh, underneath that, it'll tell you what the focus type is. And those correlate very nicely, or they actually are the uh, athlete types that we have for you to select. And so, uh, for example, if if I did uh, this criteri- uh, criterium race in lacrosse last year about this time, and my focus duration was two minutes, a road sprinter, uh, then I know if I want to go back and I want to do that race again, that I should choose my athlete type to be a road racer because that's going to that's going to target my training as much as possible to be able to handle those short bursty sprints out of the corners Mm -hmm. in that race. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's another great way that we uh, tell our users to kind of uh, choose their athlete type based on those previous events. And the other, the other way to kind of look at it as well is if, if let's say you're a really strong time trialist, right? So you've got really great threshold, um, but you want to race in these in these crits, and these crits these crits are all uh, focused on road sprinter, pursuiter, two or three minute power. So you could potentially say, "Yeah, I'm going to focus on those during focus durations, so that's the place." But or I might I even go a little bit further because those are my weaknesses. So I actually want to be even better at those. I want to sacrifice my threshold power and my training on my threshold power in favor of training towards a higher HIE and higher peak power. I want to even lean more towards that training because I really want to boost my ability to really generate that power and compete in those races. So you may have uh, a focus for those types of uh, races. You may have a weakness in certain areas. And so you don't just choose that, that particular focus. You may go a little bit further. So you may go, okay, I'm going to really go all the way and focus in on my, on my road sprinter, right? And get really as much training in that area as possible and sacrifice potentially some of the training on my threshold power because that's going to give better results for me in the end and that's what a lot of people don't always understand because we've come from this world where fdp was king right that all of our training should be about raising your fdp and that every time i measure my fitness i measure my fdp and somehow that's going to make me the best uh, cyclist and what we're showing is that's not necessarily not necessarily true. Depends on the type of racing that you're doing. Mm-hmm. It depends on how you're uh, how you're going to prepare yourself and your own particular strengths and weaknesses. And ultimately, you want to have the right combination of your fitness signature variables. You want them optimized for the race that that you want to perform. And some races, we don't see races that have a focus of just you know, time trialist, unless you're doing that, right? Listen, all you're doing is a one-hour race, you're not doing anything else. All the races you do, all rides you do, have some combination. You'll see them as breakaway specialists. You'll see them as ruler. You'll see them as puncher, almost always. And the greater the intensity of the, uh, of the, of the ride or of the, of the race, 
the more punchy, the stronger, the harder it is, the lower the focus duration. So if you're going to go into a hard race and you know it's going to be extremely difficult racing, like powering through every corner, no let up during the race, guaranteed it's going to be a low focus duration. And you can't go into that with just a strong threshold. You're not going to be able to hang on. You're going to need all elements to be at their at their best to be able to perform in those types of races. Now, I want to go back and touch on something that you actually just talked about before. Mm-hmm. And so uh, your example was if, if I've got a really good high threshold power, but my kind of top end power, uh, my one to two minute power isn't that great. I'm going to um, I'm going to choose something that's up there and really work on that. Now, that works the opposite way as well. Correct. Mm-hmm. So if I'm a very good uh, anaerobic, if I'm a good four minute power guy and I want to go start racing some four hour road races in my aerobic uh my aerobic system isn't where it needs to be i can choose a longer focus duration mm-hmm. to really help give me more targeted training on that aerobic base correct well that's right and in fact that's kind of what you want to do and a lot of people are much more anaerobically focused and gifted and yeah they may be great in in kind of these criteriums or these other types of events um but yeah, but you put them in a four-hour race and they're going to struggle, right? They're just not going to be able to hold on and last. So, to, so you need to train on them. You need to train. And you don't train by doing high-intensity interval training. You know, that's not going to make you very successful in a four-hour long race, right? What's going to make you successful in a four-hour long race? Long, volume, volume. How long can you keep riding, right? So the more volume you you pack onto your system, the more effective you're going to be on these lower races. So the software will do that. You're not going to see a lot of high intensity interval training if you're training to improve your, you know, your two hour power. You're not going to see hardly any of it in your training. Yeah, but in the meantime, while you are training to kind of convert yourself, it also can give you a very good clue about what you might need. Like if you are a really high threshold power, really aerobic person, and you're trying to survive in a crit, well, you know, you know you can't jump out of every corner, so therefore you know you need to hide better in the pack, or you need to be up up front more as you are, you know, trying to transition or race because you can't afford to be at the back and be slingshotted out and have to sprint back every corner. So mm-hmm. knowing where you currently are as opposed to what you need to succeed can also give you a clue about, well, what do I need to do now to survive as I am training to become, in a sense, a different athlete? That's a great point, right? Right. What's, how do you now play your cards mm-hmm. right, in a race? So you may, you may say, hey, you know, I'm training to become a better short-duration racer, or the opposite. Maybe I'm, you know, I'm trying to be able to, I'm a you know, strong uh, anaerobic athlete and I'm trying to compete in a longer duration race, how do I how do I play my cards? So that's another side of this. It's not how you train, but how do you recognize your strengths and weakness and how do you use them appropriately during the events you're you're in? I think that brings up a a good point that I want to jump on Mm -hmm. as well. And that's uh, I think one of the things that first brought me to the software back in 2016 or early 2017 uh, is the really the whole concept that the order in which you do work matters and so i think something that's important about the athlete type and uh the example that that steven just provided there is um 
if I know that I'm more of an aerobic guy and that I'm not going to be able to sprint out of every corner to chase those guys down, I need to change my strategy. And so I need to play to my strength of, of more of an aerobic rider. And if I stay in front where I can kind of keep my power consistent as opposed to having to repeat sprint, uh, that's going to help me perform better. And, and Exert is able to do this because instead of just looking at um, the average power, or if you want to do some sort of um, normalizing of it, mm-hmm. um, Exert's actually able to not only look at that one number, uh, that's a kind of a summarization of the ride, but it's going to look at how that number was obtained. And so mm-hmm. um, if, was it obtained via a lot of short, punchy uh, sprints or was it a very steady effort and and exert's going to help train you for that so um like you, might, you, you might have a 20 minute time trial with an average power of 300 watts and you might have a one hour road race with an average power of 300 watts but uh you really need to be able to pick up how how you're performing those efforts to be able to train for them better and i think that's something that exert does really well that's that's yeah an important point because yeah you know Again, today we're coming from uh, kind of a world where we're looking at, you know, either normalizing power or where, you know, we're trying to create single dimensions. Everything's about your threshold, right? Uh, And so we've come from this kind of single dimensional uh, improvement strategy and racing strategy to now we've got multiple dimensions. And how do we quantify, how do we interpret these multiple dimensions? That's the hard part. Because you know you're trying to you're trying to take three numbers and how you perform with three numbers into one number. It's really difficult to do that, right? And so so that's why when you look at your number and if it's normalized or if it's average power, you don't know how that was achieved, right? You don't know how variable those efforts were. You just know that there was likely if there was variability, you'll see some of some of that in the normalized power, but you don't really get. Um, an overall sense of how much variation there was. And in fact, sometimes you get athletes that are highly anaerobic, right? So they have lots and lots of power and they can generate huge numbers, right? Uh, That doesn't mean that their threshold is a lot higher. It just means, no, that they actually, their capacity and the peak power and aerobic capacity is a lot higher, their HIE. And they can then express it and generate these really high normalized values. And so you miss that. You don't really see that that you know that how that number was generated, and so that's where this kind of focus helps you and understand, right? So if you see the focus was road sprinter and your average power was 200 watts, for example, your equivalent power, you know that that was attained with highly variable efforts, right? And that in the end, you kind of use a lot of more of your peak power and your high intensity energy to achieve that number. Then had you done the same equivalent power with a much longer focus duration? Yeah, I think it's mandatory that every podcast I discuss the Ronestad workouts. And it's a classic <laughs> example for me. So this is my uh, continuing plug for that. But the the focus I get for that is typically in the let's see, I'm just looking that up right now. My average power during those when i'm fit not right now as i'm recovering but it's about 200 over those 10 minutes it's about 260 270 watts whereas and again it's punctuated right it's 30 seconds all out 15 second recovery 
and go for 10 minutes. I know for a fact there's no way I, I can sustain 10-minute power steady for 270 watts. And I know I also don't like it and don't want to. And but it's so that's a classic example of a workout where the average power over that time only tells you so much. It doesn't tell you how that workout was distributed. And mm-hmm. and it's a perfect workout for me as I'm getting ready for cross season because that 270 watts or so, that's right around my five minute. 270 to 300 watts it's right around my five minute power and i can hit that over and over and over again in a very kind of specific manner so that's one of the reasons why i love that particular workout and why you want to be targeting that workout if again you are focusing on cross efforts rather than trying to do 10 minute intervals at at that kind of wattage which isn't really going to help you at all as an athlete type so that's uh, that's my continuing regular plug for Ronestad workouts. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, now we talked about earlier how Exert is kind of doing all of the work for us behind the scenes as far as uh, the adaptive training advisor, uh, kind of targeting workouts towards your athlete types. Uh, would you be able to give a little more insight on on how the system is is using your athlete type to guide your training? Right. So. That's um, you know when you, you're you're choosing the athlete type and what that really means is how it's going to guide your training, right? And so um, if you choose a really long duration athlete type, so if you let's say you choose a sprint time trialist or time trialist, um, what you'll find is that most of the workouts will be endurance workouts, right? You're just going to get a propensity of endurance workouts, and that's because in those long duration athlete types most of your focus is on threshold power, right? It's all about increasing threshold power. So yeah, so threshold power is obviously a really important part of your fitness. And in these long duration kind of, uh, of efforts, it's the most important variable. So, so that's where all your energy and all your focus is going to be on. And uh, you're not going to see a lot of periodization in terms of starting at a particular base endurance and or base training and then seeing a increasingly more high intensity during the uh during the uh, the training program that's because your focus on is just increasing your one hour power or your two hour power so if you that's all you're going to focus on you're only going to get those kinds of workouts at least at this stage but the, the thing is you're you're not likely going to see that as being your target focus Although we have those, you know, your triathlete types and your, you know, your uh, sprint time trials, your time trials, or your uh, century rider, in general, you're not going to see those as being the target for your event. So if you go and look at your target event, most of the time you're going to see something in the middle. It's going to be either a GC specialist, or it's going to be a climber focus, or it's going to be you know, breakaway specialists. Road races, yeah, you're going to see breakaway specialists more often than anything. So if that's going to be your focus for the, uh, your focus for your training, what the software will do is we'll start you in endurance, right? And then as you move closer and closer to your event, you'll start to see the focus of your, of your workouts getting closer and closer to that of the breakaway specialist. Yeah, so it'll run through the range, right? It'll 
during the base, so primarily the building, kind of the workouts that are in the one hour, 20 minute type of athlete type. And then as you get into the build, it will get towards more towards, let's say, the eight minute focus, eight minute, 10 minute. And then as we get to the peak phase, the final 30 days or so, it'll really focus on the the workouts that are, again, as a breakaway specialist example, really targeting that five, like four to six minute minute range of effort. Mm-hmm. In fact, if you, you know, we have it now, we have it now in our iOS app and we are looking at bringing that same capability into the, um, especially online and then eventually the Android app as well, where you can open up the adaptive training program right in the iOS app. And as you scroll through, and you have your target event day, you can actually see what the focus will be of your training all the way through your training program. So you'll see that in base, everyone's base is all about endurance training, right? And then we know that in the peak phase, it's all about your athlete type. So in this case, it'd be, let's say, breakaway specialist. So if you're in base, it's endurance. If you're in peak, it's breakaway specialist. And in the build, well, that's what exactly what happens. You build from endurance to breakaway specialist. So at the beginning of the build phase, you'll be doing mostly endurance. But then as you progress through the build phase, it gets closer and closer and closer to. So it'll go through, in this case, it'll be, you'll see, you know, likely more sprint time trialist, and you'll see GC specialist, and then you'll see, you know, climber, and then you'll see ruler workouts. You'll get a propensity for those types of workouts as you get closer and closer to the peak phase. Yeah, and that's a good point. It's uh, don't just think I'm always a breakaway specialist and I'm always just going to keep my athlete type at this come heck or high water. Uh, As an example, right now, and I'm coming back from injury, I was off the bike for 10 to 12 weeks and and now is the point uh, it's getting towards late summer here. As we're recording, and I am you know, not really, I've decided to give up cyclocross racing for this coming fall. And so, therefore, I don't necessarily need to keep my athlete type as a breakaway specialist. What am I going to be doing over this fall? I'm really going to be focusing on rebuilding my kind of aerobic engine, and, and I'm not focusing on racing for the next while. So, if I'm going to be doing that, I'm not going to have my athlete type right now and breakaway specialist i'm going to have it on a athlete type that focuses more on this threshold power and aerobic development of a sprint time trialist most likely is what i'll be setting things to and really building my periodization over the next while towards building that so don't think of athlete type as a static this is the one time i'm going to set it and forget it it really depends on what you want to do. And just like over the winter time, you might not want to be where you may not necessarily need to be focusing on race specificity, you know, choose your athlete type accordingly. So mm-hmm. again, messages don't just set it and forget it, really adjust that athlete type as you need through different phases of the year, through your different training priorities. If things crop up like injuries, you might want to refocus that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's something that you briefly mentioned before, and that's uh, a question that we've gotten before, is, is that um, if I'm a sprint time trialist, I don't necessarily need to pick exerts sprint time trialist athlete type. And 
uh, what we found is that more often than not, uh, your sprint time trials end up not being a sprint time trialist focus, um, unless you're able to perfectly uh, execute on that 20 minute power. And most it's, often, and it's flat, and there's no turns, and all. Yeah, then it's sprint time challenge. The, yeah. the more often that uh, mm-hmm. we see these athletes' data, there's a lot of kind of sections of accelerations and. Anytime that you're really putting power over and above uh, your athlete type, it's it's going to end up dragging that that focus duration to a to a shorter duration. And so, um, just because you're doing sprint time trials doesn't mean that that should be your athlete type. But you might want to consider picking up one or two athlete types. And uh, for the reason that we just described before, when when the adaptive training advisor takes you through the build phase, it'll start you at a a longer phase and then it'll build you closer and and what's interesting to note as well is by choosing an athlete type maybe one up from where you are or where you think you should be uh it's going to unlock I, I call it unlock it unlocks a, another set of workouts for you and and so what you'll notice is that as a sprint time trialist you're going to have more endurance uh, workouts recommended versus if you switch your athlete type up to a let's say a climber you're also now going to have all those climber workouts available to you as well uh, from the adaptive training advisor. So it is something else uh, to consider there. And, you know, what, and then we also get a lot of questions or a lot of concerns. People say, you know, I'm focusing on breakaway specialists. I'm not seeing any breakaway specialist workouts. I'm getting these ruler workouts or something. And, and there's a concern that, that there's, they're, they're not getting the, the right training. Well, it, um, you got to think about, well, we'll get into the adaptive training advisor in another podcast, but it, it does a whole bunch of calculations and stuff to kind of score the various workouts that you, that are in our library. And sometimes, you know, the ones that are exactly the right amount of XSS and the exact amount of difficulty that don't exist in your particular configuration with your signature, with your calculations, they don't, there's not a breakaway specialist workout that matches everything that you need today, but there's a ruler that's really close that matches everything that you need right at that moment. So you'll see that prescribed, right? And it's not that, you know, it's not there's a huge difference between six minute and five minute power. Like it's very, really close. So if you're going to focus in on, you know, your breakaway specialist and you get a ruler, ruler workout, that's not a big deal. What's also interesting to think about though is that you can, with the adaptive training advisor, anyways, when you're presented these workouts, if you think, for example, let's say that you know you're really strong, you know you could use more threshold power training. You want to increase that part of your fitness, and you're looking at the workouts and you're focusing on breakaway specialists, and you see these ruler workouts, you may go, yeah, maybe I'll choose one of those because they're longer duration, or there's a climber workout. Let me do the climber workout instead of the breakaway specialist workout, because I know I'm gonna get a little bit more of training on my threshold power during that workout. So you don't necessarily need to pick the, the athlete type to kind of do that. You can sort of choose on the go, right? So, you know, the adaptive training advisor, it's ranked all of the workouts. You get to see all the different athlete types associated with them. And you can just sort of scroll through and say, hey, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and get my tr- threshold power back up. Let me focus in on those. Well, let me pick one that's a little bit longer duration. That way I get a little bit of that extra benefit. So, so you don't have to be so specific and so focused on the athlete type, first thing. And second thing, you know, there is some flexibility. Use that flexibility to your advantage. 
Yeah, so you can do it on the macro level, like I was saying earlier, where you select select uh, your athlete type based on the time of the year and your training priorities, but also with the the time of kind of don't stress too much that a specific workout has to match your athlete type every time or else you're not going to get the optimal training stimulus. Remember, you know, your training is more than just one workout. It is the whole range of workouts. And over time, you will see, again, the training advisor or even if you select your own workouts that over time, you're training and you can look at the training planner and look at what is my focus over the course of that week. You know, is it in the ballpark of where I'm aiming to? So don't really focus on necessarily that one single workout. Is it exactly the focus that my athlete type says it should be? Look at it more kind of in the whole week and in context of your whole you know, progression through periodization of three months or more. Yeah, that's actually an interesting point. Um, one thing we didn't we haven't talked about is like where do we see all these focus and these athlete types and um you know, on the um, progression charts, there's the fit, the signature progression chart. And uh, I think it's, it's on that one. It's on another one. But there's a focus line. Um, and that focus line will even tell you your athlete type. And that's really interesting to think about what that, what that focus line is telling you. So if you go to the progression charts and you open up your focus line, you'll see this kind of hash line that kind of meanders. And it's what it's doing, okay, it's, it's, it's a little complicated, but you'll, hopefully you'll be able to get this, is it's taking your training loads and then saying, based upon what your individual training loads are at that time, what is your focus? What is your athlete type? So it's, again, it's trying to make sense of all the previous training that you've been doing and saying, using all the previous training and all the various training loads that we've calculated, where do, what does that mean your focus? What, what is your focus at that time? So you can see what that focus is at any given point in time in, in, the, uh, in the progression chart. And, that's, and that'll tell you if you're, you know, if you're training to, to be a better puncher and your focus is something different, yeah, maybe you need to improve the sort of the choice of the types of workouts you want to be you, know, you want to be doing so so yeah so you, that information is also on the on the progression chart so it's really meaningful you can find that on the strain tab of the, the strain tab uh, of okay. the progression <laughs> <Thank> chart <you. laughs> uh, but ideally if you're if you're following the recommendations of the adaptive training advisor what you should see is that the focus uh the focus hatched line is going to go from kind of wherever you're starting uh as you go through the base, it'll probably decrease. Um, mm -hmm. It might be something closer to 10 or 12 minutes. Uh, and then ideally what you'll see is as you work through your progression is you'll see that focus line come closer and closer towards your athlete type right. on the target event date. That's right. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so as an example, uh, when I got back on the bike two and a bit weeks ago, um, looking back at my file i was mainly just riding dead easy just to get back into some semblance of being able to ride comfortably with my foot and everything my kind of focus over those those weeks was really in sprint time trials so it was about 25 minutes so that represents really just easy kind of base riding and then the last 
week or so as I did a did a test to reset my signature. That obviously affects kind of your overall how how the program looks at your overall overall uh, focus of your workouts. And now I'm up at around eight minutes more towards a GC specialist. But since that ride, I've been going back towards steady steady easy endurance based workouts again so you see the the focus of the of my overall progression dropping dropping back again and so i so it it works both in the macro level and also in the micro level doing one single hard workout can really alter your athlete type alter your focus don't really work, worry about it so much you're really looking at the big picture of your overall progression, not necessarily just within that one single workout. All right, so I've got one more question okay. for both of you here uh, while I've got you. Uh, what is your athlete type and, and why'd you pick it? Oh, my athlete type, well, for me, I think it's, it's set to breakaway specialist. It's just, it's, it seems to be the catch-all. You know, if you're, if you're unsure about which, which athlete type to choose, yeah, and go with breakaway specialists because you're going to get a mixture of everything, mm-hmm. um, and it just seems to be a great number to really be good at. You know, mm-hmm. if I look at all when I look at I examine like, thousands of rides and in, in races, and if you look at most road races, most group rides, if you're on, you're somewhere around breakaway specialist. So your five minute power it's which is a really interesting point. You know, because here, I'm going to make a, 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 you know, people do VO2 max training or they assess your your fitness through VO2 max. And, you know, people talk about VO2 max and the power associated VO2 max being somewhere around five minutes, six minute range, somewhere around that range. And there's a really high correlation between, you know, your VO2 max and your ability to succeed at road cycling. And I think it's usually there's, there's, there's something there, right? The fact that, your VO2 somewhere around five minute power and that the races themselves are all focused on in the end, five minute power. So that to me says something, right? So you're, if you're going to, if you want to really be the best road cyclist there is, it's not just about threshold. You want to be the, you want your five minute power to be absolute tops. You can make your five minute tops. You're going to be an outstanding road cyclist, right? And that means threshold really important. So a five minute power threshold absolutely really really important, but not everything, right? You got you have to have peak power. You have to have high intensity energy, and that's really got to add up to being the best at five minute power. And if you can be the best at five minute power, chances are you're going to be an excellent road cyclist. Yeah, and athlete type and focus isn't everything too, right? The other aspect we were talking earlier about. If you're a great sprinter and then you try to jump into a long road race, well, you're never going to survive for long because you don't have the endurance. So the other thing to really look at, in addition to your athlete type, is where are you in terms of your overall fitness? How many stars? What is your training load? Is it right now? Mine is at you know 35 because I've had such a long layoff. So I am just not going to last in a long road race, no matter even if my focus my athlete type is great and my five minute power is great. I just don't have the ability to last. So again, don't ever look at fitness as just one single number. It's all in context with everything, whether it's athlete type, whether it's training load or anything else. But 
back to the idea of where am I? Again, normally right now, heading into cross season, I'd be all about breakaway specialists. And the reason why is because I've looked at historically all of my cross races. Yes, there's some jumping off the bike and that may skew things where there's no real power, but the, um, the vast proportion of races are at breakaway specialists. So that's where I set my focus. Uh, in the spring, my focus more towards gravel races. And I found historically they are at about the six minute range. So six to seven minute range. So I would set my focus more in my athlete type more towards the, uh, the roller at that level. So it's a little bit of tweak, but you know, they're rough, roughly equivalent. Cause again, five, six minute focus is pretty similar, but that's how I would tweak things during the fall. There would be breakaway specialists, and then I would be building up over the winter and the spring towards a um, towards a roller specialist. But again, right now, because I'm injured, because I know for the rest of the year, I'm just really going to be progressing and trying to build my training load and building my fitness up. It doesn't really make sense for me to be a breakaway specialist right now because I'm not necessarily aiming to race. I'm trying to build up my fitness again. So. I'm going to be setting it over more towards sprint, sprint time trials, roughly 20 minutes through to maybe kind of towards the GC specialist of eight to 10 minutes. So that's where I am now. Where are you, Scott? Well, I am the jack of all trades and master of none. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm set at GC specialist right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done a couple criteriums. Uh, those are fun. Well, little dangerous at times Mm -hmm. Uh, i've been in two races and both times two people have crashed and broken bones so um Mm -hmm. i'm getting more into uh some of the gravel cycling and and longer riding so Mm -hmm. it's important for me to have a slightly longer focus duration and in having that kind of all day power so Mm -hmm. um i like the the good mix of workouts that i get at uh at gc specialist but Great. I think uh, I think that's everything that I have uh, for the day. Does anyone else have any uh, final touches to add here? Mm. No, I think that was good. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, this has been an awesome episode. We've covered athlete types, uh, how we came up with them. We've talked about how you can select your athlete type based on your previous historical rides or by using the spider chart. Uh, and then we've also had some discussion on on how that athlete type is going to guide your training. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it's been a good discussion today, I think. It's been great. Thank you. All right. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah, see you again soon. All right. Ciao, folks.